people, you can develop them, you give them new uh, opportunities and they take it. And uh, it's, it's for me really relief that we have a future for these people. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent. Thanks for tuning in to our geeky podcast to discuss the fascinating field of AI and machine learning, corporate craziness, passion for technology and the role of humans. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode. And today we're super grateful to have Tobias Bäumler the Deputy Chairman of the Works Council and the member of the Supervisory Board of Siemens. He's passionate about technology, people, and how to actively shape structural change. We're super excited to capture a bit of his perspectives on the relevance and impact of AI in our organization. So I guess we should jump right into it. Tobias, it's great to have you with us on the show. How are you and where do we catch you today? So, first of all, thank you for the warm words to me. And, uh, of course, I'm glad to be with you. I'm very excited to have this chat with you about technology, about people, about my topics. And I hope I have really interesting things to share with the audience. Um, so, I like to join you here. So, uh, welcome to the show. Let's start with something easy, Tavirs. Uh, how about, you know, what is for you structural transformation? You know, and what, why does it matter actually to you? That's an easy one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's really funny. Uh, I don't think that's an easy answer because actually we have so many layers of, of structural change. We have uh, the change in society. We have more elderly people. Um, We have the change in technology, the political environment is changing all the time. So we have actually a lot of challenges. And um, yeah, for me, what, what matters to me the most, um, I'm actually on the people side. I'm working as a workers council. So my business are the people in Siemens and uh, uh to enable them to do good work and uh, look at the working environment and giving the right conditions to them to bring the best uh, they can. And uh, that, that, that's my role and that matters to me the most. Hmm. Yeah, you, you've been with them quite quite some time, right? Actually, you know, you kicked off actually traditionally, I guess, you know, from, from day one, uh, part of the Siemens family, starting as a training, right? Um, as an IT system electronics technician, right? Then... Obviously, you know, the thematic journey, let's say PCS7, right? Um, in no way, Norway, right? Even, <laughs> you know, at customer side, getting, you know, how to interact and what's the relevance, what's the demands of customers and how to bring maybe, maybe value there. But, but then some, is it something different? What brought you finally then to work as counselor? That's a bit of a different twist, right? That Actually, uh, that was the question I got the, a lot Okay. from my colleagues uh, out of the technician society, you okay. can call it that way. Um, yes, I, I started a apprenticeship at Siemens and uh, that was my big first contact with technology and different parts of technology. I was an IT system electrician 
and Siemens is a technology company. So we are playing in all fields of technology. And so my boss asked me, um, actually, at the moment, I don't need a system administrator for IT systems. Are you interested in automation? And mm. I, I, I answered, of course. Um, for me, it's everything is software and everything is technology, IT technology. Also, to this time, PCS7 is a piece of software and mm. automation, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, ones and zeros. So um, just simple logic, um, of course, the, 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 the uh, use of it, uh, it's not uh, that easy. It's complex uh, um, um, things you have to take account, how, how a factory works, how processes works, and mm -hmm. that you have to build with logic. Mm -hmm. um, and there I, I, I choose a different path, uh, mm -hmm. but still in technology. And... By that, I, I, I chose to go to another country, Norway in this case, and I always wanted uh, wanted that. So mm -hmm. uh, I asked my boss, is it possible to go for Siemens in another country doing projects? And I think that was a very important decision to do that because in Norway, I had the full diversity of diverse teams. We had so many people out of different countries working together, solving the challenges, and that was a great experience. And now, when, when I decided to go from the technical side to, to the, let's say, social side as a workers' council, actually, uh, from the beginning, it was part of this journey in Siemens. Um, when I did my apprenticeship, I had the first contact with the union, and for me, it was a kind of logical thing. So a lot of my working environment and, and rules, which are valid for me, actually are negotiated by the union. And the other rules are negotiated by the workers' council. Mm. And of course, I, I, I always like to be the social guy. Um, if somebody needed help, I... I, I offered help so um, when you count this together then it was for me just a log logical decision to um, learn about it mm. and uh, be part of this this society uh, workers council and union members and also I'm interested to develop this working conditions further mm -hmm. so that was my chance and I took it and uh, I, I had it parallel all the time and at one point in time you get asked can you think about to do this as your main job and then of course uh, it was my decision uh, mm -hmm. to do that but the other question I get is and now your technical side is gone you miss it and then I can say no because in Siemens, when you talk about working conditions, you always also have to talk about technology. And one topic today will be AI. Mm. And as a workers' council, I directly connected to new technology fields like AI. And I think in our talking, in our uh, chat, we will uh, come to this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Here you go. That's for sure. What a beautiful journey. And... Um... Yeah, it's very exciting what you've went through and also the aspect that technology is actually 
everywhere when you work at Siemens. And Norway is just awesome, right? They, they are, you know, super focused on, you know, on sustainability. They are super nice and smart, super fast. I love also engaging with the colleagues in Norway. That's, yeah, that's, Norway is a yeah. wonderful country. Yeah. And actually, it's also very diverse. The funny thing is, uh, in Norway, in this big country, there are only five million people living there. And the rest of the people in this country are actually people from outside Norway, people who work there. And so if you like to meet people from other countries, then Nor Norway is the perfect place. I think. <laughs> okay, let's record the next episode there, Uli. There you go, see that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Tobias, you just um, shared the motivation how you got to the Workers' Council. But now we would be curious to learn more about uh, what that actually means. So, what are you primarily taking care of in this role? And you really must love the challenge since you're also a member of the supervisory board of Siemens. Does this dual role brings a lot of tension or is even the opposite the case and many synergies arise? Uh, in our preparation, you already told me um, that we have also our audience outside of Germany. So I, I think, first of all, I have to explain a little bit about the co-determination in Germany. So actually we have laws that allows me to work as a workers' council. I'm elected at Siemens from the employees of Siemens, and uh, I'm responsible to take care of them and their needs. And also a German law is if a company is, is uh, placed in Germany, like Siemens is, um, we have this supervisory board where also people workers, actually me, I'm a worker from Siemens, I'm elected in this supervisory board by uh, the people. There, there are election process uh, that goes too deep to, to explain now, but actually I have the same role in the supervisory board. I, my role in the supervisory board is, of course, to take care of Siemens, but with the point of view from an employee. So um, I'm very interested in a lasting Siemens, in a, a, to, to develop Siemens that it is last for the next generations and give a lot of more people good jobs and good uh, uh, opportunities to bring in their skills. So there is no tension in it. There is more like uh, different flight levels, if you <laughs> like to say it that way. So there is uh, the level where I discuss really working conditions like a contract or, or payment or something like that. And there is the strategy, which is more discussed in this kind of supervisory board uh, work. Nice. That sounds exciting. And um, we also came across that in current times, um, there's a lot of buzz about new work, about next work. Um, but we also found the uh, the term next Siemens, uh, which the Workers' Council is also driving. Can you maybe share a bit about that? What is it about? What is the main purpose behind it? Sure, sure. I like to. Um, next Siemens um, is our, yeah, let's say, strategy of the Works Council. Um, our our 
vision from a Siemens of the next generation for the next generations. And actually, it's always like we have, since one year, we have a, a new uh, CEO, Roland Busch, and a new uh, management team around him. And of course, they also have a strategy and uh, they have targets and they have a headline and that is uh, Siemens Next Chapter. And our targets, our wishes for, for the employees and how a Siemens look should look like uh, from the perspective of an employee, that is summarized under the headline Next Siemens. So um, that is our, our um, headline to discuss actually with the management manning board um, what are their targets, what our targets and how we can bring them uh, together. Uh, to to come to the best decisions for Siemens. So that that's one part of it. Mm -hmm. And the other part is next work, uh, new work. Actually, that that's connected to the structural change we mentioned before. Um, since technology is developing nowadays so fast, um, we also have a big impact in the work we do, work uh, work fields we have at Siemens skills we need in, in our daily work. So in the past, maybe it was good enough to just uh, do your job uh, until retirement and then uh, and young people come to Siemens and they do a new job, for example. Nowadays, we have to uh, um, keep track with the development of technology and it's not enough to have one education in your working life. And of course, um, then you have to think how to keep up. And that's uh, what uh, learning is about, uh, lifelong learning is about. And there we need to think about next work. What, what, what is next work? What are the new job fields uh, developing with the technology? What is about new work? Uh, can we do things smarter, better than before? Can we use tools instead of uh, do, it, do it manually? And, and that's things we have to consider to keep our uh, people in business, in, in, in uh, work, and uh, give them a chance to, to work lifelong. So um, that's good one. we also hear often the word employability. I think that's... Uh, quite good summary uh, we try to keep our people employed also for the future the world is moving fast right and sometimes breathtaking for the people to actually participate and still you know stay yes, relevant yes. adapt to the changes it's super challenging for, it, know, it's for very everybody. challenging but uh, there are really uh, good examples how you can uh, take the challenge Actually, we have developed a quite good tool, a kind of money fund. We call it mm -hmm. Future Fund, and we have allocated 100 million euros only for the education of the people. And that's a yeah. lot of money. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and actually, we have so good experience with it. So nice product, uh, projects uh, on all our sites where we now train people. And, and the, the, the really good thing is at Siemens, we have also people, for example, in factory, they had no training before, no, no apprenticeship, for example. Mm -hmm. And 
now say get this training and get an apprenticeship and uh, a title mm -hmm. in Siemens during the work. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something great that people where you've in the past, you don't thought about it. You can develop them, you give them new uh, opportunities, no new chances to develop, and they take it. And uh, it's, it's for me really relief that we have a future for these people. And uh, uh, so that's my job, and that's also the, the fun of my job. We can really do uh, good things. And in the past, maybe you just had said, no, uh, I, we don't have youth for them anymore. Mm -hmm. And with the future fund, we can solve these uh, problems. Yeah, and I love the instrument that it's 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 also driven by the people and driven by the colleagues. You can, yeah, everybody can propose it. So I think this and accepted by the people, and that's a good thing. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about technology also, right? One of the key strengths of, if, if we talk about Siemens, we talk about, you know, somehow pushing innovation, combining physical and virtual world, right? We are in our own transformation somehow towards being more software centric, more IT company centric, right? On the other side, obviously we see that, you know, a lot of hyperscalers entering, right? As part, as we partner up um, and um, maybe also sometimes competition as it's in current ecosystem times, right? And we, we call that a bit of the IT OT convergence. That means operational technology and IT uh, somehow comes together in some kinds of, you know, uh, maybe also different vocabulary, right? Because you come in actually from the OT, LT, operational technology, you know about the customer side, you know about, you know, how to uh, process automation and those kinds of aspects, right? Um, do you see If you look on IT and if you look on OT, are these two different paradigms for you? Is that two different vocabularies? If it, you know, how do we bring those things together? What's your view on that? Actually, I I, I don't completely agree that uh, uh, actually that are two different things for me. I already told you I, I actually coming from the IT, so mm. I always saw. Uh, um, how we use IT in the OT layer before. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, what changed is the integration. Mm -hmm. um, before I had to do a lot of programming to yeah, use new technology in the OT layer. I have to spend a lot of time to integrate uh, technologies together to one system. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it becomes more and more easier. So that's for me... The technological development, mm -hmm. which uh, actually uh, allows us to use technology faster and easier and combine them to totally new solutions. And, um, of course, in the past, maybe the IT layer was more like SAP. Mm -hmm. They had all this IT management systems, SAP. the databases and stuff like that. Now we can integrate create it easier. Mm -hmm. But... Um, in the past, we did things like that as well, but mm -hmm. I, I already mentioned it. It was a lot of effort. For example, in the past, we had to look in an automated system what, what triggers alarms. Mm -hmm. We called it alarm load analysis, for example. Mm -hmm. So we like to, to make an easy way to see 
where we have faults in our systems, in our plant, and uh, we like to, yeah, make 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 better solutions that we have less alarm cases. Mm -hmm. And nowadays we can combine it with smart IT and that IT analyzes us the systems mm -hmm. and that's more easier. And uh, there we will find a lot of new use cases. And uh, that's actually for me then uh, the, the new world. Um, I think a lot of things which are developing now are the dreams of a lot of automation guys in the past, <laughs> but <laughs> it was not possible from, uh, from the time you have to spend to integrate the systems. And now okay. it's possible. So abstracting complexity, that's actually a good one, right? So moving further, making it more accessibly, more yeah. seamless, be integratable. And, and then I also, think we, we as Siemens, we, we are in a good position because mm -hmm. the things we can do now, uh, as I mentioned, the, mm -hmm. that were the dreams of the automation guys <laughs> from the past. Mm -hmm. And now they can do it. We, we have to know how. We have ideas what we can do with these technologies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important that yeah. ideas, they come when you work in the OT layer, when you really listen to the customer, what are the needs, mm -hmm. what, what, like, what, what do they like to solve? And uh, we have this know-how and then we can use the no new possibilities to solve it. Awesome. Yeah, I also think that's, the key that we have years and years of experience in different fields with different customers in different countries. And that's so unique and so valuable. Um, so you just mentioned the transformation. We're always transforming and we're somehow transforming towards a software and tech company. And, and the key driver are obviously the people. So the talents and uh, how do you see the role of talents? And uh, we talked about um, retaining the employees um, so that they are employable for a long time and they stay with us. But if we uh, move to the, um, to the beginning of the funnel, how do we stay attractive um, for the top talents so that they uh, come and join the ride with us? Yeah, that, that's uh, actually a, a very important question. Um, I, I think Siemens actually is the place to be um, for for people with skills uh, in, in, in this environment um, because we have the right technology and we have the right use cases. I like also... Um, when, for example, our CEO, Roland Bush, uh, is talking about technology with purpose, because I think mm. that's really important that you give technology a purpose. Technology without a purpose is just a nice uh, toy, yeah? Mm. But if you give it purpose, you can do great things with this technology. And all this is in Siemens. So I, we, we have to make this visible, and I think we work on it quite hard at the moment because uh, like, like Google, everybody knows Google and what it does. Most likely not all what they do, uh, but at least everybody knows the, uh, know the search of Google. And um, the benefit is clear, but Siemens, it's more like uh, um, everywhere, but you not, not always visible. Mm -hmm. And if you then think about that, most likely everybody from us 
as products at home, which are manufactured with our technologies, or uh, how the power comes to your home is most likely by our energy transmission done. So uh, we have a lot of purpose in our technology, and especially in these times where we talk about climate change, energy efficiency, and stuff like that. And if you like to do something for the world and uh, this this uh, challenges, then you should join a company like Siemens, which can do with their technology great things to these problems. Yeah, So we can actually, I think, with smart technology, we can solve a lot of these problems in the future. And we need the best people to do that. Yeah, truly. If you want to have an impact on, you know, the infrastructure on the world, you want to have it on the infrastructure. And guess what? Who's the player in the infrastructure? It's it's uh, with the partners also Siemens. So I, I love that. That's that is also what brought me back in the yeah. Business. And 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 another reason I could add, it's also um, a lot of these new players are doing software, mm-hmm. but. Um, Software alone will not solve problems. You need also the hardware layer. And uh, Siemens has the hardware technology as well. We have the hardware know-how, the software mm. know-how. And we need to combine these two worlds. That mm. what was before we talked about OT, IT. Mm. We, we need to combine that. And that you can do at Siemens because we have both worlds. Others... Uh, have to learn about the other world to uh, uh, actually achieve something in Siemens. We have everything it needed. Mm-hmm. So l- let's talk about a bit more deeper about AI and, and machine learning. So mm-hmm. um, in current times, obviously, it's, it's still a super boss, right? Um, it's the, the rise of technologies, whether it's cyber, whether it's blockchain, maybe, but also AI, right? Um, creates a lot of opportunities and it, it is the foundation for a lot of awesome innovations um, um but also competitions i guess around <laughs> around the digital technologies um even though if you if you then talk to the colleagues it comes also a bit of uncertainty about the role what dominant how dominant is ai you know um and we see the opportunities but also sometimes it's a bit of mixture it's a bit of blurry about the understanding what it can do and what it cannot do right How do you see the role of AI in our organization currently? Can you share a bit of the maybe use cases you, you like or the application scenarios you're, you're fascinated about it? Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I'm from Karlsruhe. It's a big production size, site of Siemens, and we have uh, uh, electrical products we've uh, manufactured there. And... On this manufacturing side, we use actually AI to for prediction. And, and what what do we predict? We predict, um, for example, the business development. And, and that was for me something like, wow, we can look in the future by using AI. And we can predict how many parts we most likely need to... And more, very exact point of time um, and then we have them in the production in place when we need them for our products mm-hmm. and there is a lot of optimization possible and uh, the, the thing was also that AI can do it better as a human and then of course as workers council I was like oh 
we don't need this human anymore that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And then they told me, no, but that was a task the human don't like. Mm-hmm. He can focus now on the very important tasks. So mm-hmm. he is really, uh, he likes that he has more time for other tasks. He mm-hmm. had no time before for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he get rid of something which can do technology better. So it's not this AI against humans. It was more like AI for human. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you mentioned it already. There are the shadow sides of AI. So the people have fears about it. They don't understand it. They have the question, how, how does the AI come to a decision, for example? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important that we work on that. We, we need to educate our people in AI, what it is, what it does, how it works, how a decision is made. So for me, a big um, a key to to um, a- enable the full potential of an AI is first gain trust of the people, mm. trust in AI, um, trustworthy AI. You hear often with that, and I think that that's the most important thing to uh, educate the people because I, I think uh, if you fear something. You will never accept uh, it. And um, first, we have to get rid of these fears. Mm-hmm. And if you understand something, you know how it works, you don't fear it anymore. And then you can really use it for a lot of cases, like I already told you. And if we then also give them um, the understanding that AI is not replacing them, it's helping them to do their jobs better, then... Uh, uh, we can move forward with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, augmenting augmenting technology, right? This is we are moving more and more into not not the metaverse, <laughs> right? But uh, in in terms of uh, augmenting using technology for good and and for for relevancy, right? Yeah, yeah and 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 we have to. Uh, if we got stuck in technology, is a kind of magic or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, I think that would be very wrong. So we need to uh, make technology understandable. Yeah. I also love the notion about giving people time so they can be creative, they can do the tasks that really um, identify them as humans. So being um, creative, working on on concepts and uh, really making time for that and not um, having to deal too much with um, with the boring, repetitive tasks. That, that, that's exactly the point, yes. Taping AI in machine learning industry. Um, obviously, uh, we, we somehow have a, a notion of what's called industrial grade um, and that means because industrial grade, it needs to be trustworthy. You mentioned already, it needs to be secure. It needs to be reliable. 
So, um, and I think this this holds not only on the interfaces of AI and machine learning in in, in in the physical world, let's say, but also applying it to the internal processes. Right? We have a lot of you know use cases also within process, whether it's HR, which is hiring, sales forecasting, you know, business development. You mentioned already, kind of what is what is for you a responsible use of technology, right? Yeah, for, first of all, the points I already mentioned is uh, a responsible use of AI or technology is that you be aware of, of really the fears of the people and mm -hmm. you take them in account and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you take measures to, to uh, educate the people, to talk to them, for example, and uh, take their fears away. And then, of course, the other thing is, if you have technology, each technology, even the simplest technology, uh, you can use for evil or for good. Mm. So a simple example, I think, is um, it's not really a, a technology, but more a tool if you take a knife. Mm. A knife, with a knife, you can cut uh, food. And that's a good thing because we need it most likely every day. Somebody is cutting food and uh, uh, that's a good thing that we have a knife for that. Mm. But with a knife, you also can cut people. And mm. therefore, we have rules. It's you, you must not hurt people with a knife. So mm. there is rules. There are laws that uh, you it's not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also important for each kind of tool that we apply rules, how to use it, what are the borders, what mm -hmm. also is our ethic ethical border, mm -hmm. how far we go with technology. Do we every, do everything what is possible with this technology or do we make the decision there is a border and we don't like to use it for certain mm. cases. So for me, a good example are the Google Glasses, mm. where everybody in the industry now understands and have a same understanding that facial recognition, we don't like to use that because mm. the people fear it and uh, it will never be accepted in our society. And mm. the same thing we have to think about AI. And I, I like, for example, that at Siemens, we discuss these topics. We discuss it also uh, with the technology departments, the workers' council, with the managing board. Um, well, what are our borders? How we like to use them? And actually, I, I like that at Siemens, we have a kind of checklist now mm -hmm. um, where we also um, make the people who should do the decisions for these AI systems, for example, we make it easier, easier for them uh, to come to a good decision, to a decision where everything was taken in account. And uh, that also strengthens the trust of the people. If they know there is such a process, um, okay, then I can use the AI, which actually comes out of this process. So, uh, for me, it's important to use this technology that uh, we first uh, make transparency, how it works, 
uh, Transbury uh, about our um, thinking about technology, what are the borders, and then the people will trust it and can use it and uh, for the good things, not for the evil. <laughs> Um, speaking of trust, um, we are also observing that people are getting increasingly more sensitive and aware about their data. And the EU's GDPR only underlines that and pushes for higher data privacy standards. And how do you see this challenge of data privacy? Is it rather a limiting factor that maybe blocks data-driven insights? Or should we leverage it to position ourselves as um, a trusted player? I, I think the second one, because um, I, I have an example which underlines uh, how important it is that we keep control of this topic. Because I, I'm German, I'm coming from Germany, and Germany, everybody knows, has dark, dark spots, very dark spots in its history. And if you think about these regimes from the past would have had the possibilities we have today. I don't like to think about actually <laughs> because it uh, makes me fear uh, such a future. So um, we need to have rules that uh, not allow a totally transparency of our people and uh, to um, actually um, give the right rules that it not... It, It, it will be never misused. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we need good rules to actually allow this technology to uh, develop its full potential because only on that way the people will accept it. So uh, I, I think the development is good on this side. It's good that more and more people think about it. What it, does it mean? What does it mean to give data to a company? Um, what could they do with this data? And we have to actually show them we are good guys. We do good things with it. And we can show it to you. We make it transparent how our processes are, what rules we apply. And then we can do really good things with this technology. And if we don't have this trust, we can't. Mm -hmm. So it's more a chance to, to have these rules, mm -hmm. actually. All right. Yeah, truly. So um, at the same time, World Economic Forum happens and just, you know, just actually this week, right? Um, and there's an, there's an interesting study about, and we touched briefly before that, that you know, they estimate that until 2025, um, 50% of workforce needs to be re upskilled because of the speed of, you know, of, of you know, this, um, and, and it's an enormous challenge, actually, not only for us, right? It's, uh, you know, what is your response to that? How, you know, from what kind of, you know, empowerment do we need to, what kind of growth mindsets, I guess, as we call it in Siemens, right? We need to make ready to have the future of work actually ready for it, please. Yeah, that, that, that's actually the, the biggest challenge for each company at the moment, Mm -hmm. to uh, get the workforce for these future tasks. And uh, I already mentioned uh, the future fund we have at Siemens. I think that's a very important tool um, to do this up and reskilling. But of course, the people like to be up and reskilled. That That's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. And actually, also in my role, 
I, I think it's also my responsibility to tell that to our people and uh, make them clear that that is a good thing and they should actually uh, uh, go together with us on this journey because it's not easy to actually change what you do. Um, it, it's always a challenge to change something we, you really trained on. You uh, optimized it. You are really good in doing the thing you do the, uh, or you did uh, a long time. So um, if you tell somebody you have to do it different or do you have to do a totally new thing, it's very difficult for them to do this step. And I think my role is also to motivate them together with the management because maybe it's easier if I checked it before that there is no hidden agenda, for example, mm -hmm. um, then the people maybe might go this step easily. And I think each company which not sees this as the major yeah, uh, challenge to actually uh, develop their people, um, they will mo most likely not uh, uh, survive the next years because uh, simply your, their business cannot be done anymore without their proper workforce. Mm. Um, the other thing is um, the culture in the company. I think we are on a good way. We are uh, supporting trust, trust between uh, the employees and their um, management. We uh, give them new empowerment, but empowerment, uh, it's, it's just a word as long you don't give them really uh, the possibility to decide things. So they need the freedom to make real decisions they uh, need, from my point of view, also uh, need the right coaching. So also the role of the uh, um, um, bosses at Siemens uh, need to change. They should be the people who enable their workforce. Mm -hmm. They should support their workforce and uh, give guidance, a lot of guidance. Where are the new tasks? What skills are needed? Because at Siemens, of course, we need to make profit. We are a company, we are on the stock markets, and that's the expectation from the market that we make profit. And the people have to work every day really hard to come there. And besides, they should educate themselves. So they need also this uh, free space for yeah. education. And yeah. at the moment, we actually work on that. We try to make this space we have the future fund with money. Um, we agree also that uh, there are certain times where they can train. Uh, a lot of departments actually have uh, defined periods on t in time where the people can train themselves. And it becomes more and more the Siemens mindset. Mm -hmm. And growth mindset is a good thing if, if you have the freedom to uh, uh, do it and... Uh, you have the time to do it. 
exciting times ahead at Siemens, especially because we have over 300,000 employees. So it's a huge challenge, but of course that also comes along with a huge opportunity if we manage in the end um, to, to really get everybody up to speed and to think about everyone and leave no one behind. So I'm very excited to see what, what else there will be in the future. Um, to be asked, we are already at the final question, time was flying. Um, so you've experienced a lot of things and you've been in different positions and um, you, you're always taking different perspectives. So um, maybe if you look back to your time as a student or an early professional, is there any advice you would like to give genius minds out there who are crazy about ideas and they want to make a difference? So how to be that innovative pioneer that really starts initiatives and push pushes boundaries, even in a complex organization uh, like, like Siemens. So do you have anything that you would have maybe liked to have heard when you were younger? So there's many things. The first thing is be always curious. The second thing is ask your questions. Hmm. Question the world, question your boss, of course, in a kind way, way of work, yeah, or, or a ki in a kind way, um, and bring them to answer it, <laughs> because uh, that was in my point uh, in my career always important. I was never, yeah, I I I, I always asked my questions and I always uh, 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 like to have an answer on it. And uh, that's very important to also develop an organization. Without these people asking questions, uh, organization uh, will, will not develop. And the third thing I think is, um, yeah, be open. Be open to new ways of work. Be open uh, to new technology. Um, and also be always open to other people. Because that was for me in Siemens, especially in the in Norway, a big experience. And of course, that I can recommend. At Siemens, you have always the chance to uh, visit another country. Do this step. It's not always easy. It's the language. It's another country. Other rules. Other culture. But do it. It will uh, be your mind opener. And you see the world afterwards different. And uh, uh, that's a, a big advantage you can have for your career. And yeah, um, yeah and a big advantage you generate for Siemens by doing Love it. that. That's very useful advice for sure. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Tobias, thanks so much for taking the time. We know how busy you are and that you took this hour um, to spend with us and to share all your perspectives and insights. Um, it was a pleasure. And before we finish this episode, we want to play our final game with you. It's called Authentic Drum Autocomplete. <laughs> <laughs> so for the closing, I will give you a couple of sentence starters and you will finish them. Tobias, are you ready like for this final task? Or, or short. <laughs> um, you, can, you can decide. So let's start with the first one. Siemens is? Um, one of my best um, decisions in my life. Oh, nice. 
That's bold, beautiful. Technology with purpose is? For me, um, um, what we need to master the big challenges of mankind, like climate change. Awesome. Love it. Next work is? Next work is an opportunity to do something new. Beautiful. And last but not least, if I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be? I, I think one. be always kind to the other peoples, uh, especially in the pandemic. You never know what they struggle with. So simply be kind. Oh, thanks so much, Tobias, to be so kind to join us in this little uh, show and, and engage and be very honest and transparent and very passionate about, you know, about. Thank you for it. having me. Yeah. And folks out there, stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Uh, stay bold, committed and open minded. And we hear us at the next Siemens Airlab podcast. Cheers. Cheers.